So much fun to be with you on the Brattlecast, and it's heard around the world with uh, probably up to 100 countries and certainly every state in the Union checking in from time to time. Who doesn't like to read? And who doesn't like to hear stories about books, old, rare, and out of print, and the people who buy, sell, appraise, and collect them? One such person is the man of the hour, Kenneth Gloss, proprietor of the Brattle Bookshop here in Boston, one of my favorite spots. I live right around the corner, so I'm a regular. And today, uh, you, you do this to me, and you drive me crazy, and I can't wait to talk about this, so let's jump right in. A book called Astronauts. Well, when I was planning on coming here to do this podcast, I actually had some things picked out that I was going to show, but just this morning... Someone came in with this book called The Astronauts. It was done in 1960, and it's, uh, it basically is by a man named Caden, and it's about Project Mercury, mm-hmm. which is one of the earlier uh, yeah. uh, astronauts. But in, in, in and of itself, the book is $10, $20 or mm-hmm. whatever. It doesn't have the paper dust jacket, but what made it really special is you open up to the what they call a half title, where there's just the title without the publisher, and there are all these people who signed it. Oh, not just people, <laughs> my friend. The right stuff kind of people. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to run down the list? Oh, why, or don't you, why don't, why don't you? I do it? Okay. Well, you start with Alan Shepard. Uh, you've got John Glenn. I love it. He's the John Hancock of signatures, by yes. the way. Wally Shira, Don Slayton, Virgil Grissom, Gus Grissom, uh, now, Leroy Cooper Jr., um, that's the one name that doesn't ring a bell with me. Well, he was in the project. In the but, project. Yeah. And, of course, Scott Carpenter. These are these are all very well-known and superbly uh, heroic people <laughs> who did the Mercury program. Now, I've got to – do you know the story behind the signatures, though? I mean, how they yeah. got them? Well, that, I actually asked okay. the person. And uh, her uncle – Worked for NASA. He was uh, oh. uh, a project. He was in charge of some project during Project Mercury. And so he was always there. And he had this book. And the, everybody knew him. And he would get a signature and then another signature. Now, one of the things that you notice in this is some of the ink is a little different from one to the other because he didn't hand. They weren't all together at yeah, the same time. Yeah, they were all at different times. And, yeah. and he had different pens and so on. So he he worked there. He knew them. He got the signatures. uh, And the family uh, were very happy to, you know, they kept it all these years, but this woman was afraid that it might get lost in a library. Mm. You know, in other words, someone wouldn't look and wouldn't see it. So she finally decided that. What did you do when you saw that? What did you think? Well, I knew she was coming in. So it wasn't... I didn't know she was coming in this morning. Okay. I knew she was coming in. We had talked about it about six months ago. Oh, okay. And and I said, yes, we'd be very interested. I'd be happy to look at it. And uh, so she showed up this morning, and it was like, oh, this is great, because a lot of times you look at these books, and you know somebody has a magic marker, and they wrote all the names in, mm. and they weren't trying to forge anything. They were just being funny with mm-hmm. it. And looked at these, and these are right. <coughs> I'll mark that. Take that out. Don't worry about it. Uh, so when people ask me, uh, what should I collect? 
I usually am very vague because the, the standard answer is collect what you enjoy, collect what you want, collect what is fun and enjoyable. Um, but I, the, a couple of things that I do sometimes suggest is things with technology, uh, mm-hmm. computers, com- you know, the beginnings of electronic computers and computing. Part of the reason for that is a lot of that material is still around because it really wasn't that long ago. So it's still up in attics and still can be found. Uh, and some of it is still pretty reasonably priced, but mm. it's changed. The computer and the information industry has totally changed the world. But when you go back, uh, another field, I say, is space, the final frontier. Yes. But, you know, the this, I think, a few hundred years from now, we're going to look – well, Jordan, we'll check on this. But we're going to yeah. look back uh, <laughs> and and say, well, you know, the way we now look at Columbus or Magellan or a lot of these Drake and all these people who are going out around the world at the time where basically you looked at old maps and at the edge of the maps there were dragons where the, where the dragons may be because nobody knew what was out there. And it's been an incredible type of uh, collecting interest in that new exploration, finding new worlds. And it's always been something that people are interested in, in space. I mean, what can be more fast? I mean, how many young people would say, I'd love to go up and uh, to the moon, go to Mars or go to beyond? Uh, so the material is still out there, maybe by a lot of the people who originally got it. And a lot of the people who originally got it got it before the prices have now started going up. Mm. Uh, so I, I think it's a great area, but it fascinates me. So that's why one of the reasons I think it's a great I area. I think books about the the NASA program and the astronauts, that era, and I mentioned the right stuff. Everyone is familiar yeah. with that title and saw the movie and all that. But the Chuck Yeagers and the, uh, and the John Glenns. And I recently uh, reread John Glenn's autobiography, and it's a powerful, wonderful book because he not only talks about the space program, but he was also a fighter pilot and a you know a metal-strewn hero, very humble guy. I mean, these were remarkable people. And look at all of the uh, innovations that we have because of the space program. Everything that we sort of take for granted. Yeah, like when I drive with GPS and, yeah. and actually get somewhere. Or use a pocket calculator. Yeah, but it's it's fascinating. But there are also so many aspects and fields of the space uh, that you can go into. You can go into the very technical about rockets and rocketry. You can get into the what what's the future, What you know, the, the sort of semi-science fiction. Is it going to be private companies? Is it going to be this? And you, but you can follow that on the paper day to day, um, and I just think that this area of collecting. Now there are different areas of collecting books. You can collect just the books, and a lot of those you can pick up very reasonably. You can collect mint first editions of some of the books. Those are a little bit more obviously ones that are signed mint. They go higher. But the 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 thing you really would want was things that have actually gone in space. Oh, a lot of times the astronauts brought things with them and then they came back and those uh, sort of – they're skyrocketing in price. 
photographs taken from the capsules uh, are very desirable. But I find the whole field and area just amazing. And, and I think back, you know, 100 years ago, people were wondering whether you could fly across the Atlantic. Uh, it's in what's I just like I say I wonder what a hundred years from now will bring. Uh, Robert Goddard, the famous rocket scientist, which he was uh, from Worcester, I believe. Yes, he was, and was firing rockets and testing his rockets in the mid twenties, I guess. And so we're just about a hundred years from that. And look at the advance and and, and the incredible technology. Um, and and then you also have all of the science fiction. Sure. The, the Star Trek, the Star Wars, the Galactica and all that, which has always been a fascinating thing. But now not only can you collect the science fiction part of it, but you can collect the real part of it. And uh, it's it's a fascinating thing. Now, one that's a little bit different than this, uh, I was doing an Antiques Roadshow, I think it was in Michigan. And, And this book didn't come to me, but it was one of the ones that I sort of said to myself, boy, if I could have had a chance to buy that one, I would have bought it. I mean, you can't at an Antiques Roadshow even solicit anything, even infer that you might. But if somebody came into the store with a book like this, H.G. Mm-hmm. Wells wrote a book called First Man on the Moon. Mm-hmm. Someone came into an Antiques Roadshow to the colleague beside me, and he had that book, a first edition, but it was signed by Neil Armstrong. Oh my gosh! What and, a and you know what a gem that must be. You know to get the first man on the moon signing the first the man on the moon. moon. <laughs> uh, but there are things like that out there that you can collect and find, and you can do it on almost any budget. I mean, if you're collecting the newspapers from 1969 when Neil Armstrong landed on the uh, on the moon, um, even before that, uh, th- this was something that actually came up and affected our business a lot. In the early 1960s, my father, because of urban renewal in Boston, was moving a lot. He had to move. And there was one in particular that he came up with this idea that he had heard other people doing was at the end of a sale, you know, you get your best books moved to your new location and then you run sales. And But the last day of the sale, do a giveaway. Just First of all, it gets it out. It gets huge publicity. People love it. And uh, and it was the first time he tried it. He had no idea what was going to happen. That day, one of the uh, astronauts, the Project Mercury, were pe- supposed to shoot up into space, but it got postponed because of the weather. If they had gone, all of the front pages of the Boston papers would have been, Mm. you know, uh, (laughs) Shepard. Instead, you're dead. Instead, they had the space already reserved, and it didn't go up. So there were front page pictures of hundreds of people line up around my father's store, and it really sort of got the bookstore some of the initial huge publicity that he always got year after year. But if that had gone, the weather had been a little different. I'm sure we still would be here and successful, but uh, <laughs> that one thing sort of brings it closer, and you can collect that, or you can collect the Life magazines that were, oh, yeah. uh, and and those there's lots of them. You you can get them pretty easily. Just a quick note: you mentioned a couple of TV series and movie series. There's a television series on Apple called For All Mankind, and it's a 
a what if history changed and instead of the United States landing on the moon in 1969, Russia did. Yeah. Fascinating. But what I love about this, it might intrigue younger viewers who didn't live through that period to want to investigate the real stories because the real stories are as incredibly interesting as the phony ones. But uh, it's nice to see the guys in the string ties, you know, smoking cigarettes. That's not so nice. But uh, looking back at 1969, we were all a little younger then, Ken. Well, it it also, too, having that inspires – I mean, one of the things that happens with something like NASA is they need the public for books like this to come out. They need for people to constantly be seeing. They need these TV shows – to make people want to support that exploration. So that's part of what's going on well behind the scenes too. And they want young students to want to go into aviation. STEM program. We want people to to study that stuff. It's very important. So it it affects many, many aspects. But you still get to hold a book that the seven – that is a, a true gem. And I don't think any of them are still with us. I, I don't they, think so. I think they're either. all – I did have the chance to meet and interview Buzz Aldrin, which was a real thrill years ago. Uh, he's written several books. But you, you, when you come as close as you're showing that book to me now of these guys who all probably in their G-suits were close to it, were signing that, gives me chills. Well, it, it does. And, and, and then you go, what if – I was one of those – People going up, or you know, what if you know? It's it's pretty amazing, and and then you can do all the what ifs. What is it going to be like five years from now? Mm. Ten years? Are they going back to the moon, which they're talking about? Are they going to have space stations on the moon? Are they going to mine the moon? I, you know, it it just leads to all of this. Uh, you know, Ponce de Leon was looking for the Fountain of Youth in Florida. Is it up? Is it up in Mars? Is Maybe. it uh, there? But y- your imagination can take you. But in order to find out, and it's not beyond our realm, you need to a program like this to get us out there and to always explore and find. And and almost all exploration has not helped some indigenous and so on. But there's a people wanted. Do this. They want to get out. They want to see what they haven't seen. Uh, what the what what might be better out there? You don't want to see what's worse out there, but you want to see what's. Couldn't better. agree more. And what a story about imagination and thrill, and all because of that book. We did a whole episode on this, and I'm so glad, and I'm touched that you shared that with me. And uh, people should know that they can find out more at BrattleBookshop.com. And yes, and one of the things I was going to say, and I wasn't planning on doing this this morning when I got to work but it came in and I said that that's perfect well let's do this one you know that if it's movies baseball or space I'm there and you're there too I can tell yeah you love it thank you so much he's Ken Gloss I'm Jordan Rich see you on the next Brattlecast cast